0: I've used the phrase on here before, the nostalgia industry, and what I mean by that is not just the internet, but the way that the internet influenced our culture and gave us access to so many things from the past, both the relatively recent past as well as the distant past. You had access to all of it, whereas that was stuff that you might come across incidentally before. Like you were unlikely, unless something was on reruns or you kept stuff from your childhood. The only times where you would really come across things from your past or if you went to secondhand stores or junk stores. It wasn't something that you had access to all the time unless you were interested in that, like you were collected that stuff. But the internet gave you access to all of it. And not just your own nostalgia, but also... All known, documented, everything that's ever been documented or produced, pretty much. And there were no breaks on that. It just spun and spun, and people pretty much consumed everything. I mean, I saw this happen with music, where suddenly people had much greater access to all kinds of music. You know, it was easier to order, it was easier to learn about it, you could listen to it. And that's something that you would have had to put substantially more work into. And I mean, I benefited from the early phases of that. Like it allowed me to find out about a lot more things that I had missed previously. And not just missed, but it's like you were also able to kind of figure out where to go, like what direction to go in. You know, what recommendations to follow. But how that is ramped up and it, you know, that was, it, it impacted things like music and art, but it also was just everything from the mainstream as well. Like you could rewatch TV shows from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago. You could download emulators and play video games. You could order video games. You just, and then that kind of became its own industry where you're not just accessing that stuff from the past, but you start buying merch Like the number of adults who started wearing Legend of Zelda merch. Retro video game merch. Merch, merch. Merch, merch. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, they pretty much started making merch, merch. But I noticed like a lot of people, they, they started kind of adorning themselves with nostalgia. And it just, it really exhausted itself. Because, like, we hit a wall where not that much, like, like nothing else was coming out that um, quenched our thirst in that way. Like, people will eventually have nostalgia about everything, but not the same kind. You know, it's like, I, I don't see people feeling that way about things that came out post-2005 the way they would things that came out pre two thousand. from the 1980s or early 90s, and maybe it's generational, but I also think my generation was more interested in that stuff too. Like every generation has its own nostalgia for TV shows. Like I remember people like baby boomer age people watching old movies, old westerns, things that they had grown up on, but they didn't seem to be obsessed with it. Most of them didn't seem to be obsessed with it. Like, you didn't have that many baby boomer dads who collected old action figures from when they were a kid. Those guys were an exception. Those guys were nerds. They were collectors. But uh, at some point, we kind of hit a wall. We hit a wall where, like, not enough new stuff was being produced that was going to stick. And we had already exhausted most of the past. And I mean, I think that's kind of what led us here as far as like where people's interest is. I mean, I think that kind of fueled some of the just general unhappiness and boredom. And um, what made that stuff attractive to people too is like, yeah, you had the stuff that was obscure and you had missed out on it or you weren't alive when it was around. But a lot of the stuff that people were nostalgic about was also stuff that there was this kind of unified interest in. Where like when people were like, Oh, I can I can buy a t shirt with that cartoon. Oh, he do you remember He Man? Like a lot of those things were were popular. They were things that like everybody had in common. They were like what you and your friends and every single boy in school was into. And that's something people talk a lot about is you know, in the old days when like everybody watched the same TV show when it debuted on Thursday night at 9 p.m. and then talked about it the next day. There were these cultural events that would take place, which is very different from the way it is now where, you know, it's become increasingly popular to, you know, release 10 episodes of a Netflix show at once because people want to binge watch we wanna do, what we call doing a little binge watching, you know, people want to take it all in at once. There's no patience, there's no timing, it's just, you know, give it to me all right now, I'll consume it and move on to the next thing. And even when it's not done deliberately like that, like that Netflix release schedule where you get it all at once, like even when it's not done that way, that's what people do anyway. I was talking about that on here recently, how now that you can access almost all music, including very obscure music on YouTube, you can just type it in and somebody has put up a rip of it. You can listen to a band's entire discography in a night. And that's more likely what someone's going to do. If it sparks their interest, they're way more likely to sit there for all night and just have it on and probably do other things. They're less likely to just play an album a night. They're way more likely just to go through it all and then move on to the next thing. And so that's what people do even when it's not set up that way. So basically we burn through things really quick. We burn through the past already. Because I mean, realistically, there aren't that many things. Like if you're somebody who's interested in older things especially in a certain genre or a certain style, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whatever it is, TV shows, there's a good chance you burn through a lot of it. Not that there aren't still things to find, but there's a good chance you burn through the bulk of it. And I do think that's kind of led us where we're at, where there's this dissatisfaction I don't think people truly like new things like they used to. And, and not only that, I don't think people are as unified around it. Like they don't all watch it on the same night. And when they do talk about it, it's like, oh, have you seen blah, blah, blah. And one person's like, oh, I, I watched them all last night. And the person's like, oh, don't tell me. I'm going to watch them all on Saturday. Nobody's watching one per week. And I don't even, I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't even have, I don't have a rational argument against that. I do think there's something to be said for pacing yourself. But I, I wouldn't be able to actually argue against it or anything like that. What got me thinking about this is just the way we've burned through all of our nostalgia. Like, we we just got focused on that. that. We became a culture of nostalgia. But that was unsustainable. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of led to some of the, you know, I I say this about everything, but I think it's, it's helped lead to some of the politicization because now people apply that, like people do treat politics and world events like they would entertainment. You know, I was talking about the number of people who saw what was going on in the Ukraine through the lens of Marvel movies and Star Wars. I think that we we started applying that way of thinking. Like we've turned that stuff into spectator sports and we consume it in the same way. And we take sides in the same way and we root for people in that way. Maybe we've always done a little bit of that, but I think we just, we become more voyeuristic. We are more spectators now, I think, than we ever were before. We have access to more of it. But something came to my attention, I saw a link to it, and I would never normally go to this website. I'm not going to say the name of the website, because I feel like I would be invoking some pathetic demon. I feel like I would be bringing some pathetic demon into the room just to utter the name of this website. It'd be like this uh, demon with a runny nose crawling around with like a hoarse, pathetic voice. But I am going to read the article. And I don't know that I would call it an article. It's one of those lists. So you can probably figure out what I'm talking about. I think I have to do a banishing ritual before I even talk about this. So this is a banishing ritual. Banishing ritual. That's what this is before I actually start reading it. I'm doing this for a very deliberate reason. And I'm not going to let the demon come in the room. I'm not going to (laughs) let the binding of the universe come apart. So the article is 35 things that happened weeks before the pandemic that will make you question reality, space and time. So you can already kind of tell where this is coming from. That's kind of a common normal person joke is like I don't even know what's real anymore. I don't even know what's real anymore. That's that's something you hear variations of that. But I saw it and I was like, you know, I'm genuinely interested in what they list but i also know that it's going to infuriate me <laughs> so i'm going to share the uh, i'm going to share my burden and i'm going to read this one of the weirdest things to do is revisit the weeks and months hey, i'm going to start over <laughs> i'm going to start over one of the weirdest things to do is revisit the weeks and months before the pandemic when life was well normal as we're approaching 2 years since quote unquote normality Let's take a look at what was going on in the world then. Number one, it's hard to believe, but Jennifer Lopez and Shakira performed at the Super Bowl halftime show just a month or so before the pandemic began. It's so weird to think we would be in lockdown weeks later. Remember Charlotte Aubrey? She went viral on February 20th, 2020. That's like three weeks before COVID. And they censor COVID. It's like C asterisk VID, which is clever. Uh, don't say it, which is funny because I'm censoring the name of this freaking website. Call it Coroni. If you're going to censor it or if you're going to change it, call it Corona. How come that didn't take off? That was my, that's mine. To the point where, like, I'll, I'll accidentally say that to a normal person, who probably thinks I'm insane. I feel like you would be able to figure it out, though. If if I were to say that to you and you didn't, you'd never listen to this show for the last two years. And I said, "Oh yeah, you know, since Coronavi That's certain That's become normal to me. But I feel like, in context, if you're not an idiot, you'd be able to figure out what I'm saying. But I don't know who Charlotte Aubrey is. I don't know what the joke is. But one thing you pick up on right away, and I don't read these lists ever. I know this has been big on the internet for the last decade. But they all write like they're, it's written like a children's book. And I've commented on this before. I point this out because I've talked about it before. And this is a man who wrote this. I thought it would have been a woman, but it was actually a a man, apparently, who wrote this. But I've talked about this before, how there are a lot of people now in the... I've noticed it with Gen Xers and younger, and particularly women, but they talk to you like they're reading a children's book. They write, like, they're writing to an adult audience, but it's written like the way a children's book is written, where it's like two sentences stated very clearly. Like, things aren't written for adults anymore. They're written as if they're reading a children's book, and for all intents and purposes, that's what this is. It's like, remember what happened in the weeks before coronavirus? And then it has like a picture, a big picture of that thing, with a couple sentences, like a sentence or two. And it, when I was reading this, and I only read it once. This is my second time reading it. Trust me, I don't. I'm not that sick. Not that sick. But when you go through this, it's. I I felt like I was reading a children's book for adults, and I think that's exactly what it is. And there's something that really grates me about that. It goes along with this infantilization. It goes along with just like the perpetual childhood with the nostalgia industry that I was talking about. With adult coloring books, Super Mario pixel art t-shirts. It's like a friend of mine from high school when he worked at Google and he left. I asked him about it and he was like, you know, he's like, it was a weird experience. He was like, they, they have giant Super Mario pixel art on the wall. But then they call you into these review meetings that are just so cold and detached and critical. So, like, it ended up up being more insulting that they have this, like, super fun, super Mario pixel art on the wall that takes up the entire wall. But then it's like they're these alien parasites, which makes complete sense. But anyway, continuing on. Number three. Trump was acquitted on both articles of impeachment by the Senate about two years ago. It's weird to think that happened just before lockdown. It's funny how they have to say that. Like two of those so far, they add the comment. It's weird to think that happened right before lockdown. And what this is doing, you know, I'm just going to editorialize throughout this, offer my own commentary. I have to, I have to. But uh, you can see where they're creating... Since they ran out of nostalgia, they're now being nostalgic about, like, the week before lockdown. Like, look at this stuff that happened right before lockdown two years ago. So it's like, coronavirus is a blessing to these people, to these sick people, because it's given them something new to be nostalgic about. Now they can be nostalgic about the two weeks before lockdown. Remember that this happened, and all this stuff, I didn't even know about any of this stuff, I don't know who any of it is, and I'm not saying that to be cool, like, oh, I don't even know what that is, I don't even know, I I truly don't know what this stuff is, like, I wasn't aware of it at the time, even, like, I mean, yeah, I knew about Trump's I knew about, like, some things like that, but it's like, in general, I'm just like, remember, and then number four, remember this? It's strange to think that not long after, we would all be stuck inside. So that's three times so far they have to say that. Isn't it strange to think we would all be stuck inside not long after? Isn't it weird that this was just two weeks before lockdown? It's this very, it's infantile. It's like an adult reading a children's book to kids in this very patronizing voice, which I hated as a kid. I hated that as a kid. We'd get called down to the library in school and an adult would read us a children's book and they would talk to us like we were idiots. And it's a picture of Nancy Pelosi ripping apart that document behind Trump's felds back. Number five. Right before the pandemic, everyone was talking about cheer. Like, it was the biggest show on TV. Like. Six. This one's bad. Six, Tiger King came out right at the beginning of lockdown, March twentieth, to be exact. It was the only thing keeping us sane. And another theme you see in this, because I, you know, I, I knew right away. I will say to this day, something was afoot. Because I got on, like, when when lockdown started, and I'm doing it now. I'm doing the nostalgia. But when lockdown started, I started getting on Facebook more because it was, like, the only way to engage with people. Remember when we got on Facebook and it was the only way? I'm doing it. I'm sick. I'm sick like them. But, uh, you know, when I saw everybody talking about Tiger King, I I was just like, this is bad. That was when I knew that the PSYOP was in full effect. Full effect. Right then then and there. When I saw every freaking person... And, you know, the thing that's unfortunate about me having that attitude is it does seem like that was a shared cultural moment because people were like, did you see this episode? Oh, this? Oh, when he did this? But something was worth. It wasn't just a shared cultural moment. Like something was afoot. That was some kind of psyop. I don't know exactly what the, the purpose of it was, but there was something. that It was to get people's brains synced up in some way that was, the, the, you know, I don't know. I I haven't researched that, but, uh, something I start to notice with this is the we and the us. And that's, it's a very feminine way of talking. I was, my buddy Kyle called me earlier tonight and we were talking about this where I was saying like, do you notice that like a big difference between my, your male friends and your female friends is my female friends. If they're in a relationship, they say we a lot. About them and their significant other. Or them and their friends. Like we we do this a lot. I had a girlfriend with a bunch of roommates. And, there was a, and she was an independent minded person. But there was a lot of like. Oh we do this. Oh we like this. It, there's like this uh, symbiosis that takes place. And women seem to be especially attracted to that. And I don't say that as a criticism. Even though it probably sounds that way. I think it's just something that's different in the wiring between men and women's brains, because I pay attention. Like when, when my male friends are talking about their girlfriends or their wives, they almost never say we or us. They just don't talk that way. Like if they talk about them and their wife or their girlfriend doing something, be like, oh, you know, me and Jenny did this. I don't I don't know any Jennies, but it was like, oh oh yeah, Jenny and I went there. Oh, yeah, I went there the other day. You know, Jenny and I went there. But I've noticed that, like, women go, like, we went there. And it's presumed that, that that they're referring to them and their significant other. You know, and I noticed that women also, they respond heavily to that. And, and you know, I should say, even though this article is written by a man, it's intended for women. This website caters heavily, heavily to women. And I've noticed that in a lot of – in a lot of uh, – A lot of products, a lot of writing, a lot of material, media that is marketed toward women uses we and us a lot more. Like, we experience this together. Us. Tiger King came out right at the beginning of lockdown. March 20th, to be exact. It was the only thing keeping us sane. Meanwhile, I was watching... I was observing the fact that people were watching that shit... And I was like, these are the people who are going insane. And they did. Those are the exact people who lost their minds. But yeah, we and us, keep an eye out for that. Pay attention to who uses that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying some people respond to that sort of collectivity. You know, there's this sort of collective identity that some people respond to i think women in particular kind of go there with it whereas men don't i think i think men like to express i don't know i don't want to call it like rugged rugged individual are you getting at that rugged individualism because i mean very few men are rugged individuals but i think that idea i think men respond to that idea more and they don't phrase things that way when they don't have to which just tells me that men and women have slightly different wiring. Who knew I, I would, who knew I would turn this into some sort of, <laughs> Never mind. some sort of criticism of women. I don't even think it's a criticism though. I think it's just an observation. Number seven, another, TV show that feels like it came out a trillion years ago is the first season of love is blind. The drama Love is Blind came out in mid-February 2020, FYI. I think that last statement is supposed to make you go, whoa, doesn't feel like it came out over two years ago. Whoa. Nostalgia for the pre coronavirus. They're going to milk this for a long time because it's all they have. This is all some people have is now they can, because the world isn't the same, because the world is fucked, they're going to milk that, pre-coronavide. They're milking the the, the two weeks before coronavide. This is what was happening. Remember this? And I commented on that too when uh, the Facebook movie came out. I was like, you can't make a movie this soon. You can't make a movie about Facebook this soon after it comes out. They probably did it at the right time though because that was before the big anti-social media wave kicked. So they actually knew what they were doing uh, from like a marketing point of view. Like They capitalized on everybody getting on Facebook by making a movie very soon, but on a cultural level, it shows a level of rot, and it shows that the, the Ouroboros was swallowing more and more of its own tail, and the world was spinning faster and faster, because you're not supposed to make a movie about Facebook like two years after it comes out. You're just not supposed to do that, but now we're nostalgic about two years ago. Number eight, the Invisible Man was in theaters then. Nine, Sonic the Hedgehog and Bad Boys for Life were playing too. What this reminds me of is a, there's a diner here that you can go to and they have these little booklets on each table that like, say like, 1957, the year you were born. And it'll say like, this movie was in the theaters that, that year. This is what it reminds me of, but that's interesting when you go to the diner and look through that because it's like, it's it's what was going on like fifty years before. It's like a a dollar was worth ten dollars with inflation. The most popular car was the Model T. You know that's what you read because and at least there's a little. It's kind of generic, but it's like the, at least you're you're reading about something from seventy years ago. Whereas this is that sort of language about two years ago. But it shows you, this This also plays into what I was talking about, like, people probably don't remember this stuff. This stuff probably does feel 50 years ago to people, not because of everything that's happened, but I've talked about how people's brains have started resetting quicker and quicker, how a lot of people's brains reset in 2016. Like, there's a lot of people who wouldn't even be able to tell you what was going on culturally in 2015. Their brains actually reset when Trumpsfeld took office, their entire sense of history, their entire sense of culture, just completely reset. It got swiped or wiped. <laughs> it, got, it got white. It got swiped. It got wiped. <laughs> but I think that happens. I think that's happened a number of times. I was talking about that with summer 2020, where it seems like some of the people who were so aggressively opinionated about it their brains have already been wiped of that. They might remember that they stood up for racial justice or whatever, but I think their brains have been wiped as to what actually happened. As to how insane and prolonged that was. And when they talk about it now, they they talk about it like it was just a blip. But that's... Part of what's been going on is this continual resetting of people's brains. And if your brain doesn't reset, you really do start to feel insane. But um, n- number 10, the Academy Awards were one of the last major events in a pre-Rona world. And that's how you know someone's a normal idiot. Because they, they picked up on like that Rona joke. They called it Rona, which feels, it almost feels like a hip hop joke or something. <laughs> Rona. Hey, yo, Rona. And I hated that immediately. I'm a coronavi guy. I will, to the day I die, if it's a thousand years from now, I will be calling it coronavi I chose that. I made that. So I have some ego in it. I have some pride in that. I will be calling it coronavi till the day I die. Anybody who says rona you can you can immediately rule that person out. <laughs> number 11, let's give credit where credit is due and remember that Laura Dern rightfully won. Oh, and I have to say too that number 10, like the Academy Awards were the last major event pre-rona. It's a guy in a dress. It's a black guy I don't recognize wearing a big gown let's give credit where credit is due and remember that Laura Dern rightfully won there's probably something clever about that statement I know tons of people like I don't don't know who they are but Laura Dern's a big thing with some people like almost like an inside joke but they're big fans I don't even know what it is I've seen that come up though there's probably something clever about that that I'm missing she rightfully won Number 12, we were still making cats jokes then. Number 13, we were also still talking about hustlers. These are boring, these ones. These are just, I'm not going to read these. They're just talking about like TV shows and shit. Number 16, number 15, Bong Joon-ho won an Academy Award and everyone was happy. Sixteen, a pre-Rona Tom Hanks, there it is again, pre-Rona, a pre-Rona Tom Hanks freaked out when they tried to cut off Parasite's best picture acceptance speech. What a time to be alive. That's what it says. Eighteen, remember how everyone lost their damn minds over a relationship that has been over for almost two decades? It's a picture of Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer Aniston. That whole Jen Brad reunion happened right before the pandemic. A cursed meeting, maybe. Oh funny. That cursed thing is a big joke too. That's a that's a big joke among people. Oh, it's cursed. Nineteen. Billy Eilish also made this face at the Oscars. And people were mad because that's what happens nowadays. Ooh, people get mad nowadays. And people were mad because that's what happens nowadays. February 9th, 2020, one month later, the whole world would be in lockdown, and we'd be wondering why we even cared about this in the first place. In reference to her face. Well, you had tons of other shit that was equally dumb that you you exact people flipped your lids about. You'd be wondering why you cared that Billie Eilish made a weird face. Meanwhile, you care about every single little stupid thing. And you invest deeply and emotionally into it, just like I'm doing right now. About you. (laughs) You moved on to the next thing like you always do. Number 20, it's so weird, all caps, to think that just before the pandemic, seven people were still running for president. To put it in perspective, it's so weird to think that Pete Buttigieg won Iowa back in the beginning of February 2020, a month before lockdown, four exclamation points. So weird to think that things were happening so weird to think that events were taking place. Also, remember Mike Bloomberg? He dropped out of the race on March 4th, which was like a week before lockdown. Constantly reminding you, that's like a week before lockdown. It's it's truly like B.C. and A.D. to people, and they're going to milk that. Number 23 one of the last major quote unquote major things that happened in a pre-covid world was that Mr. Peanut died and was reincarnated into baby peanut That was weird I've noticed they do that they'll like they'll add like another sentence way below that was weird And that's another thing that you know just average people have gotten really into is being like, that was weird. Does anybody think that's weird? Meanwhile, it's just, you know, I don't know I'm not going to get into it. Some other shit I'm not going to read. 25. Jessica Simpson was constantly in the headlines for random parts of her book. It feels like a trillion years ago that we were trying to figure out if she got Nick Lachey a gift or not. Like, that was the topic of conversation. See, there's that sort of valley girl way of talking. I mean, I drop a bunch of likes. It's just how my generation talks. But there's always that sort of valley girl, that like self-conscious valley girl way of talking. That's like weird. 27. At the end of February, just before lockdown, Megxit was announced. It's apparently a reference to Prince Harry. And his wife. That feels like forever ago. See, they're constantly... This is is mind control shit. That feels like forever ago. They're constantly reminding you. That feels like so long ago. 28. The Grammys happened just before pandemic. Just before the pandemic. And it's a picture of that gay black guy who did, like, the satanic stuff, but he's he's wearing, like, a, a pink cowboy outfit. Billie Eilish won a ton of awards. Like, she could barely hold them. So they got a very... The thing is, you say like. If you're from my generation, you say like because it's just been built into you and it pains you to do it, but you would never write that way. Like, I'll be talking to my friends on the phone and we drop likes, tons of likes. We all talk like valley girls. But we would never write to each other that way. We would never write an article that way. That's how you know it's sick. That's how you know it's a sickness that I'm observing here, that I'm reading. 30. And Lana Del Rey was dating a cop. She also wore a dress from Dillard's, which was a whole other thing. A whole other thing thirty one. Basically, it's just bizarre world to look back at the time period just before the pandemic began. Two years ago, social distancing wasn't in our vocabulary, like we literally spoke nothing of it. See that one you, you just want to shoot somebody for writing that. I'm a peaceful person, but like like Like, we literally spoke nothing of it. Two years ago, social distancing wasn't in our vocabulary. Like, we literally spoke nothing of it. 33. It's weird to think we never used words or phrases like super spreader, flattening the curve, the jab, or vaxxed. Yeah, who would have thought that you could just suddenly adopt all that language and use it all the time? Who would have thought that your brain is so soft that that shit would just get inserted in there and you would make it your new normal right away? Who would have thought that you would have done that? Who would have thought that you would have gone from like paying attention to Billie Eilish's face to talking about who's vaxxed or flattening the curve or super spreaders? That's that's the language of these people. That's the amazing thing about this. That is the language of these people. These people who are like, it's so weird that we never used words like super spreader or vaxxed before this. Those are the same people. I mean, I mean, those those are the exact people who, uh, like, the same people who are saying that's weird are the same people who adopted all that shit. Like, it was weird to me, too, but I never let it even enter into my consciousness, which is why I don't repeat these fucking words, because words are power. In the beginning, there was the word. Mantras are words. The things you repeat become your reality. Not to give away, not to pull down the curtain here, but it's like there's a big fucking reason beyond the fact that I think it's funny why I don't say coronavirus and I say coronavirus. There's a reason why I don't say vaxxed and I say vact. There's a reason why I don't say Trump and I say Trumpsfeld. There's a reason why I don't say Biden. I say Joe Obama, bin Biden. I do it because it's fucking stupid and funny to me. But the other reason I do it is because these keywords will destroy you. If that's your vocabulary, if that's your lexicon, all of these these words that you can, like, scan a news website and they're just all over it, and they're new, you have to, like, mask them. You have to, like, banish them. Speaking of banishing rituals, it's like you have to, like, put latex around those words and twist them into weird, goofy shapes. Otherwise, they do something to your brain, and I, I mean that. Because the same person who's like, isn't it so weird we started saying these things all of a sudden? Well, you're the person who started saying them all of a sudden. So it must not be that weird to you that you just adopt new language constantly. And you are the people who have been an absolute nightmare to observe for the last two years. Like you have been, like these are the people who have been an absolute nightmare. Who make you not even want to participate in society ever again. But you can't let them win. You can't let them rule society either. Who knew that this would really bring it out of me? Number 34. No one talked about N95's PPE variants or quarantines. Yeah, PPE, that's a good one because I had never heard that before. I'm sure if you were a nurse or something, you would heard it. I had never heard anybody talk about PPE. And next thing I knew, all these just regular people were like, yeah, PPE, PPE. As far as I'm concerned, you're saying PP. As far as I'm concerned, you're saying PP. Now, really, like, you know, that's something that people pointed out recently about the Ukraine issue, where all of the sudden people started spelling it and saying it like Kiev, Kiev. And that happened very quickly. Like, I'm sure that, you know, yeah, that's how they say it there. But all of a sudden, it became like a signal. It became kind of a virtue signal to call it that. And and I heard this too. You'll suddenly notice that all of the people who are signaling and all of the pundits on a certain side, they suddenly start using a certain phrase all at the same time. Like, PPE. Kiev. Another one was a few years ago there was something going on involving the Middle East and people started saying Daesh Which you know refers to the Islamic State But I had never heard that before and I do pay a little bit of attention to you know stuff that goes on there. I had never heard any, any Americans use that, and at the same time, everybody was saying Daesh, Daesh, however you say it. And I was like, they all decided to say it at the same time. And it usually is a way of sounding knowledgeable or cultured. But notice how they all start using it at the same time. 35. We were so innocent. It's a picture of a bunch of people wearing Planet Fitness top hats and 2020 glasses. If only we knew. In conclusion, I just really hope Charlotte Aubrey is well. Really, I wish her the best. I'm sure there's something clever in that. But no, it's written like a children's book for adults. I mean, it's written like a children's book for children. And, it, you know, it, we're going to see this stuff. We're going to see, like, people really milking the, the pre coronavirus nostalgia Do you remember when this happened? And we're also going to see people. I mean, there's a lot for people to milk. We're also going to see people milk, kind of like this did, like with Tiger King. Like people are going to milk the like two year anniversary of Coronivai. Remember when Tiger King kept us sane? Remember when we did this? Remember this? You know? Remember? You know? South Park already nailed this whole idea. I stopped watching South Park years ago, but the last thing I saw was like when they did that, the member berries thing, where it was a form of mind control, where those berries were like, Remember Chewbacca? And they were pointing out the most obvious things. Remember Star Wars? Remember Chewbacca? You know, it's, it's that kind of thing, but that's a joke, but it's not that far off. Remember this really big thing that happened not very long ago? But the reality is we're living in a world where that's where people's minds are. Their minds are being constantly reset. There's this just constant and and the rate seems to increase. On one hand, it's a blessing because I don't know where people would be. I don't know where people would be without that mechanism. Like if they actually had to remember everything. But it also it makes everyone else feel crazy. But anyway, I had to share that burden. The banishing ritual is over. The article is over. But when I saw the headline and I was like, I'm going to do something I never do, which is read this. And it was exactly what I expected. And you know, I have to admit, there was a part of me that was curious about what it was going to bring up. But it was all this mundane shit that you know, it was forgettable for a reason, all that stuff, every single thing on there was forgettable for a reason, there was, there were seven people running for the democratic presidential race, like every single election, every single fucking election, freaking election has a bunch of people who run and then you forget about them, Oh remember this you remember him? Yeah, you remember, yeah, you remember. You know, it, there's always a bunch of people who run. And it seems like a big deal at the time because it's like who's who's gonna be the front runner? Oh remember when Bernie debated Elizabeth Warren's? Oh remember when remember when it was Jabama bin Biden, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warrens and Pete Buttigieg? Yeah, every single primary is like that. Remember the Academy Awards two weeks before? You know, they didn't do this for 9-11. I don't remember this kind of shit for 9-11. Oh, two weeks before 9-11, do you remember this? Maybe they did and I missed it, but I don't remember this tone. Because this tone is new. Like, the way that's written, it's like childlike children's book it's, it's childlike but it's also like an adult reading a children's book but with occasional valley girl isms thrown in and isn't that like weird combined with this joke that's just become big over the last few years where it's like i don't even know what's real i just found out blah 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 and i don't even know what's real I just found out that um, Hulk Hogan dips his french fries in his milkshake. I don't even know what's real anymore. That's people's sense of humor now. Or something. That's about all I got though. (laughs) I just had to share that burden because I'm just like, wow. This is all we got. Because people aren't producing anything that's new. People aren't producing anything that's going to replace that. We've already become this nostalgia addicted um, culture, but then we ran out of it. So we have to find more. So we're this culture who like doesn't even know what's going on as it happens or we forget about it right away so that we can remember it later. It's like this leftovers mindset where you don't even get to enjoy the leftovers you're just getting these mental fumes, these psychic fumes of it. It's like thinking about a meal you ate two years ago. Do you remember that two weeks before lockdown, you and your family went out to Outback Steakhouse? And you bought the Bloomin' Onion? And you joked about how you weren't going to be able to finish it all? Do you remember? It's psychotic. Maybe I'm psychotic. (laughs) Maybe I'm the one who who screwed up, but I I just read that stuff and it's like, we, us, isn't that weird? Remember? That was like two weeks before lockdown. I think the best thing that could happen is another lockdown. Just have another one. I don't think we're ready to go out and have a a society that's going to be like this. And yeah, this is just one little glimpse, but I see this everywhere. I see that tone everywhere. And uh, we're going to have to do something to stop it. We're going to have to correct that. Somebody's going to have to do something. Somebody's going to have to to correct people. And I say, hey, uh, don't talk that way. Don't talk that way. We need to have a tolerant society where it's okay to be whatever you are. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be uh, a guy. It's okay to be a woman. It's okay to be whatever you want to be. But we gotta correct each other on that level, on the way you talk. Hey, don't talk that way. Don't talk that way. Maybe that's gonna be the new thing, like because inevitably there will be. I saw this article about some like anti woke film fest run by a black guy, and that's good. Like it's and it was like, oh, all the hipsters are pushing back on wokeness, and it's like, of course they are. There's been nothing even remotely cool about it for a long time because I I remember when what people call wokeness, I don't use it. That's another one of those words you can't use because it poisons you. It's another one of those mind control terms. But I remember when like thinking that way, when believing that way was the cutting edge. Like I live in Olympia, so I saw it a little bit earlier where when thinking that way was a kind of the cutting edge, like if you were hip You had all of the views that mainstream Democrats basically have now. But that hasn't been cutting edge or cool for a while. And because things move so fast, it got left behind a while ago. But people have been too scared. It's become too institutionalized for people to push back. So I'm not surprised at all that this article was like, all the hipsters went to an anti-woke film fest run by a black guy. And it's like, yeah, because people are sick of that shit, even if they're afraid to voice it. And of course, it's going to be hip to be politically incorrect again. Everything goes in cycles. Everything goes in phases. You know, what concerned me about that stuff is how institutionalized it became. But of course, in, in terms of fashion and trends what's in vogue and out of vogue of course it would be in vogue again to not care about that stuff and that's good overall like it's going to be a good thing when that becomes cool again but you can already see it coming we'll see how it. we'll see how everything clashes because so many people doubled down so hard and got so religious about that shit i mean i went to half price books today for the first time in two years i'm glad it's still open and they had a copy of White Fragility on display, so I'm like, oh yeah, that shit's still around. But it didn't look um, like there would have been a point in time where, like, that would have been like like a year and a half ago, where that would have been relevant. Like seeing a copy of White Fragility on the shelf on display, prominently displayed, like a year and a half ago, that would have been something that makes somebody go, ooh, that's good. Or, oh, that's bad. But you just see it now, and you're, you're just indifference, and that's where things go to die. Things, things don't go to die in the land of good and bad. They go to die in the land of indifference. It's why like celebrities and people are like, doesn't matter if they're saying good things or bad things about you, as long as they're talking about you. It's kind of the same principle, like where it's like, if an idea is controversial one way or another it's still relevant but if you just see something like that and you go oh wow that was a big deal a year and a half ago people gave a shit about that a year and a half ago what sucks is the institutions are always late comers so it's like there's still going to be like HR departments that make people read that shit because that shit's just backwash anyway I mean that was my experience with HR and not just HR, but like uh, I've been to sensitivity training classes not because I had to, but like I, I like an entire office I've been in has had to do a mandatory sensitivity training just as a group just to do it, and it's always like backwash of ideas from yesterday. In like t- in 2016 we had to go to one, and it was this middle-aged woman that taught it, and she like talked about sexism and sexual harassment. And breathing techniques. But like she had nothing in there that fit the current race narrative. And she had nothing in there that fit like the transgender, gender queer thing. Like there was nothing in there about that. And that had been a controversy at our job because somebody started working there who used weird pronouns but didn't tell anybody. And so people, other people got upset that nobody was using this person's weird pronouns. Meanwhile, nobody had told anybody that they even used them. And it was a pretty, like, liberal, very liberal, accommodating workplace. But it was it was just this big mess. And then we had to go to this sensitivity training as an entire office. And they had nothing about that because why would they? It's brand new. All they have in those sensitivity trainings is, like, the backwash of yesterday's political correctness. And so we're going to still see that for a while. We're going to see some of that backwash for a while where, like, if you go to a sensitivity training in 2024, they're going to talk to you about pronouns and gender and race is going to be illustrated like the same way it is in white fragility or something. But I think we're going to see a trend away from that. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not Nostradami and I'm not really making a prediction, but I've seen a couple things recently. Like more liberals are speaking out against that stuff. Like Bill Maher is always pushed back, but people of his ilk. Have gone full on against it, like to a degree that I don't think they were before. So the people who are kind of in the center are pushing back even harder against it. The fact that hipsters in New York are going to an anti woke film fest, a multiracial anti woke film fest, and you know because like you know there's tons of black people who hate that shit. There's there's tons of people who that stuff is trying to cater to who hate that shit. And people are going to follow their lead when they say, oh yeah, that, st- that shit's stupid. And it's going to be a good thing. But again, people's brains are going to reset. Like somebody's going to be at an anti-woke film fest. And they're going to completely forget that they were the one harassing their entire family about all that shit yesterday. Like they're going to completely forget that they were the one calling their dad Racist and coming out as such-and-such such at Thanksgiving dinner and screaming at their family for not knowing or, or understanding. It's, like, that's like the person who's going to be at the anti-woke film fest laughing at inappropriate shit in 2024. And ultimately, that's good. That's better than the alternative. But like you just kind of have to swallow it and be like, yeah, people's brains are going to reset. That's how they get by. They just ride one wave to the next. Remember this? We'll see, though. I mean, since we're just talking a bunch of shit here, I was amazed to see gas prices jump up like 75 cents in two days. And I only bring that up uh, because I use that as kind of a pressure gauge. But that's off the charts. And I talked about that a year ago. I was talking like, oh, gas prices are going up. You can feel the tension rising because it's something that affects everybody's mood. Like every single person who drives a car has to get gas. And when you see that gas rates are going way up, it, it bums you out or makes you mad on a continual basis. And getting bummed out or mad all the time does something to you and it does something to the way you interact with people if you don't have self-control, which some people don't, many people don't. So there's that, but I also just use it in a very like almost supernatural way where it's like when I see gas prices rising, it is like this pressure gauge. And I talked about that last year where like, oh, every time I walk by the gas pump, it's up more. And then all of a sudden there were like two big mass shootings right after that. And, and then it was funny about that. There's totally a correlation, but it was funny about that. It's not really funny at all, but... What was weird, what's like weird about that is that it was like I was noticing the gas prices rising and I was like feeling this tension increasing in the air and then these two mass shootings happened, like the pressure blew and then all of a sudden the gas prices started going down again. That's how you know I'm crazy, but I just noticed that and then now, but like when they skyrocket like this, like when there's war in the Eastern, in Eastern Europe and uh, like gas prices shoot up 75 cents in two days. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know. And I can't possibly predict. But I can predict. I think people are going to start caring about some sh- some shit that's a lot more important. But I said that two years ago. That's an example of why I'm not Nostradamus. Two years ago, I remember talking on this very show... Where I was like, "Oh, coronavirus! It's gonna make people stop caring about all. It's gonna, it's gonna make people stop caring about all that bullshit. Now's the time where it's gonna be totally easy to talk about race and sex and men and women and gender, because there's something more important that's distracting everybody. Caring about a a pandemonium pandemic, it's gonna make it easier to talk about all this other bullshit that we've made up in our heads. I couldn't have been more wrong." I think that's one of the, the one of the moments where I, I couldn't have been more wrong in my life. It was the opposite. People were locked down, obsessing over that shit. It was a powder keg. That stuff got that stuff got infinitely worse. Summer twenty twenty, the current climate we've been in. I couldn't have been more wrong. So I, sh- you know, I might be entirely wrong about everything I'm saying here. Oh, you know, rising gas prices, it's going to make it easier to talk about social issues. People are going to be so care they're they're going to be so concerned with gas and food prices and inflation that they're going to not care about social issues anymore. Yeah, right. I'm probably wrong about that. I could be wrong about, you know, social trends too, as far as hip people go. Because there's nowhere else to go as far as like creativity and humor and the things that people actually like, like the things that actually make life worth living. There's nowhere else to go in the realm of modern leftism. Not that people can't be creative, but like there's nowhere else to go. They've really closed all doors. They've really walled everything off. And so it's inevitable that just like Young dudes on the right wing have found in recent years, there's a lot of creativity and humor and weirdness in not lining up with the left. And I think people on the left, young people in particular, like Zomers, like younger Zomers, I think they're going to find that themselves. Like a buddy of mine in Sweden predicted that a few years ago. He was he has some kids who are I think they're like young adults now, but they were teenagers then. And he was saying like, he's like, there's a trend here where young people have suddenly stopped getting tattoos. Like the trend, just like in the United States and Sweden, apparently it was a big trend for young people to be getting a ton of tattoos. And my buddy was saying like, now the trend seems to be not getting any tattoos is cool. Which I don't, you know, I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. Glad I don't have any tattoos. But, uh, you know, people are people are reactionaries, like not political right wing reactionaries, although that too. But like people are reactionary at their core, like their definition of cool comes from contrast. Like once they've explored all the territory in a given area, what becomes cool is to go to the opposite direction. And it'll be interesting to see what we do, because people have a desire to be cool. If more and more people feel like we've hit a cultural dead end, well, they're going to go the opposite direction. And I'll be interested to see what they do with that. You know, I'm pretty open. Because I hate being someone who sits here and is just like, we're hitting a dead end, we're hitting a dead end. Hey, have you noticed that it's not going anywhere? Have you noticed that every idea is like a hybridization? It's like a, a mule that can't breed any further. It's like every idea that we have today is the end of its genetic line. I hate to be that person who's just like, "We've hit. we've hit a genetic dead end, a creative dead end. Our culture is rotting from within. I'd love to see people go, you know what, we're going to go over there. We're going to go look over there for greener grass. And I think people inevitably will. And people have already been doing that, of course. But I think we're going to see larger numbers of people do that. Because what makes something cool is that it contrasts with the things you're bored with. And I don't think we're going to get much out of pre-coroni nostalgia just reading that article what it, oh remember 2020 remember remember 2 weeks before coronavirus when we watched this young people are smart they're not going to get anything out of that and i but then uh, who knows how freaking damaged people are either <laughs> you know who knows how stunted people are we'll see i guess but hopefully i won't be talking about this next time i just had to get it out of my system